Uh, well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Those words are perhaps the most profound words that our Lord has ever spoken, and certainly they are the most controversial today, aren't they? For many people out there, many different forces, even government officials want to tell us that there are alternate ways to heaven, that somehow Jesus Christ is not the only way. And if they could just kind of get us to understand that, if they could just kind of get the church to knuckle under on that point, then we could somehow all get along, couldn't we? Because then everybody's view would be valid. Everybody's opinion would be just as worthwhile. Just like Pontius Pilate back in the ancient world conducting the trial of Jesus coming to the conclusion, what is truth? So too, here we are 2,000 years later with governing officials asking that very same question. You know, can't we just kind of agree that religion is, you know, just a a nice appeasing force? And it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you kind of act like you do. Isn't that good enough? No, CNN rolls the film and here's some famous person coming out of church on Sunday. Oh, aren't they a good example of Christianity? And then they go into some meeting on Monday morning and and pass legislation to provide more funding for abortions across the land and they just show that they really don't even have a clue don't they? For Jesus Christ is the truth. That means when Jesus speaks, the things that he says are always right. And if there's someone speaking with authority who is always right and you hear their words, why would you not follow them? Having heard those words. You know, a simple, logical process would lead you to the conclusion. If I want to have a good life, if I want to do the right thing, I can go to the Word of God and read about how I'm supposed to act. And I can read about what I'm supposed to do. And I can come to the conclusion, if I do those things, God will be pleased with me. And certainly, isn't that what we really want? 
Now, after God loved us so much that he sent his son into the world to die for our sins, should our response not be, I want to be pleasing in God's sight? Right after everything that God has done for me, I want to do what he asks. After all the love he has shown to me, I, I, I want to you know, do the, the simple little things that, that maybe he would want me to do. Now you, you, you picture to yourself, you, know, you, you, you go to the home of, of some you know, good, good friends that you have, and, and out of the, the deep compassion within their hearts, they, they've adopted a couple children. And, you know, you, you come to see how, how this new family is. And, you know, they, they've taken, you know, they, these little children from terrible existences, from, from great poverty. Right? And, and by that uh, adoption, you know, they, these little boys and, uh, and girls, um, you know, they, they now have a home. And they, they have a, a, a bed to themselves where, you know, they, they can sleep peacefully through the night without a fear of danger. And, and, you know, they have food in the refrigerator, where, whereas before, you know, they had to, to scavenge it in garbage dumps in order to try to get a, just a little bit of an existence. And so you, you come to, to visit, you know, your, your loving friends, and you, you want to see, you know, how the, how the new family is doing. And, and the, the, the mom says, you know, hey, you know, Juliana, would, would, would you get the, the plates and set the table for supper? And she goes, no. But you say, what? You know, after these godly people took you in and they took you out of a terrible existence and they've given you, you know, a new bed to sleep in and they provide you with food on the table and, you know, you have safety. And now the mom just made this simple request, would you go and set the table? And they respond like that. But yeah, dear friends, isn't that how the Christian community sometimes responds to the Lord? Right, the, the Lord you know, has taken us from a, a, that kind of terrible existence. He's rescued us from a life filled with Sin. He gives to us his Holy Spirit, empowering us to, to have a, a rich inner life. He provides for our daily needs. He, he says, you know, just as I notice the, the little birds hopping upon the ground and I take care of them, so I take care of you. He gives us our daily bread. And then the, the Lord perhaps comes into a, a present situation, you know, and, and he has simple commands. And I, I think for those of us here today, we understand those commands are for our good. And so he comes with a, a very simple command and he says, you know, something like, honor your father and your mother. And... Yet, knowing what we know about the present world and even our, our own communities, right, we know that there's some 
you know, boys and girls out there that put their hands on their hips and they say, now. Not going to do it. Don't want to honor mom and dad. Right? The Lord comes into our lives and he says, you know, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. But, you know, every night we turn on the news still. It hasn't really gotten a whole lot better since the election is over, has it? You turn on the news, there is somebody, you know, maligning their neighbor, right? Speaking false accusations against someone, trying to stir up, you know, some kind of a problem. You know, just like that, that little kid taken out of, of, of sin and terror and placed it into, you know, the arms of a loving God and they just put their hands on their hips and go, no, not going to do it. Not going to follow God's teaching. You know, we live in a world today where everyone is kind of encouraging compromise, don't we? Comes into our, our TV programming, you know, comes into our conversations down at the coffee shop. Where, you know, standing upon that word of God is now looked down upon, isn't it? Now, my, my wife and I just happened to be watching a, a show this week where one of the, the main characters, you know, took a, a biblical position on a certain issue. And, and the other main character kind of, you know, it's like, oh, don't make a big deal about that. Right, and through the course of the you know a program, he, he actually said to her, "You're being kind of judgy, aren't you?" Right? Have you heard that sometimes in your your day to day life, where you you go into some kind of a, a situation and you begin to apply the word of God, you begin to you know suggest how a Christian person might respond to this situation and the other person maybe came back and said well you're being kind of judgy aren't you the world is complicated and relationships are complicated and you know the 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 christian i know used to respond with compassion in a situation like this you're being kind of judgy, aren't you? But you see, dear friends, that is exactly how you know, Satan comes into our lives and tries to drag us down because Satan certainly doesn't want the word of God to be applied into anyone's life or to go into any kind of situation. And so you and I, speaking the words of our Lord, perhaps even the, the words our Lord has you know, placed upon our conscience to speak into a situation, we're going to come into conflict with people that are going to say, eh, yeah, you're kind of judgy. And they're going to say, oh, I, I thought you were a, a Christian, and aren't Christians supposed to you know, be compassionate? Now, shouldn't you be showing some you know, compassion right now? 
But Jesus, our Savior, he comes and says, do what is right. You see? Certainly we're called to speak the truth in love. But that never means that we're supposed to not speak the truth, you see. And I think we all kind of know the difference. You know, certainly there, there are people out there that, you know, they know better than you and they want to put you in their place and, they, you know, they're willing to, to speak the truth at any opportunity in order to make you feel this big because, you know, they want to show how great they are somehow. And yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? But that doesn't mean that we're supposed to go to the opposite end of the spectrum and just kind of give up speaking the truth, right? That's not what that means. So you and I, we're, we're always called to speak the truth, but we're always supposed to think before we speak about how can I do this in the most loving way? Rather than how can I shut up? And let Satan just kind of do whatever he wants. And dear friends, as Christians, that's what we're called to do in our present generation. We need to be able to stand up and we need to be able to speak the truth. Can we find, you know, perhaps better ways to speak the truth at times? Yeah, I, I think with reflection, you know, that there's always a need to do that, isn't there? But we must continue to have the courage to speak. And if maybe sometimes we, we mess up, if maybe sometimes we blow it, you know, from time to time. You know, you, you, you spoke the truth and it didn't come across, you know, quite like you, you wanted or you feel like you just failed completely. At least you tried. And now you, you can maybe go ahead and learn something. And, and you can, you know, try again a, a little bit harder to continue speaking the truth, but to do it in an even more loving manner. To speak. To speak in the public square. To, to speak in your place of employment. To, to speak, you know, to... Other people's bratty kids misbehaving in the grocery store. You know, I, I don't know what situations you, you, you face every day. But we're called to be able to speak those words. But uh, again, what do we hear? You know, it, it, it just was incredible to me, you know, Bill Gates, you know, the founder of Microsoft, he, he came out recently and said, mathematics is bad because it teaches people that there is only one right answer. It's like, huh? I mean, when, when you're coding, you have to get your characters in the proper order for your code to be able to make sense and for you to be able to do things with your computer. How could the founder of a, a magnificent computer company 
come and make the statement that you know, it doesn't matter what you do because it, it, it's somehow bad to get the right answer. Okay, you know, you, you go to the, the engineers at, at Boeing and, and you say, hey, it doesn't matter what answer you get, just make an airplane. Are you going to fly on that airplane? There's engineers that, that don't believe that, you know, math is good. I'm not going to fly on that airplane. Designed by engineers like that. Right, you're going to cross a, a suspension bridge that's designed by engineers that, you know, don't think that there's really a right answer. I don't want to try and cross that bridge. But dear friends, this is the, the world that we live in. This is the, the kind of you know, different things that we're facing today where there's so many people out there that they want to say there's no right answer. And dear friends, we come back to church today because you know, Jesus said, hey, I'm the right answer. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you want to have good things in your life, live according to my commandments. See? If you want things to go well for you, serve the living God. If you want to be able to stand at the end of days at God's right hand, you need to believe in Jesus. Right, time and time again, God comes into our world and he says there is one right answer. Only one. You need Jesus. And dear friends, when we come to that realization of all that Christ has done for us, how he's given us the good things that we have in this life, how he's you know, taken us from slavery under the devil and he's brought us this rich inner peace that we find within our church. We have this wonderful place of worship where we can come on a Sunday morning and, and we, we still have the freedom to come here. We can sing praises to him and we can hear his words and we can be reminded again how you know we were in poverty and, and we were in sickness inside. And the Lord God, because of his great love, he came and he picked us up and he holds us to his chest. He says, My son, my daughter. They've come home. And I'm so happy. God loves you that much. He doesn't ask a, a whole lot in return. And the things that he does ask, they really are for our good. Aren't they? <coughs> Respect God's name. Come to church once a day, once a week on Sunday. Honor your mom and dad. Don't be stealing. 
Don't be cheating on your spouse. Don't be murdering other people. Respect others. Don't bear false witness against them. Don't covet your neighbor's stuff. Your neighbor's wife or his manservant, his maidservant, his officer, donkey, don't covet his house. Be happy for your neighbor, what he's been able to achieve. Protect his reputation. Help to guard his possessions. Take care of him when he's sick. Speak the truth in love. Simple little things to remember in our current day. For you see, there is a right answer. Two plus two still equals four. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He loves you so much. He even died so you could make it there. Take Jesus with you through this week. And remember there is still truth. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.